Welcome to Stories in the Dark, a podcast about strange and creepy things. Come listen to the dark. Hello, our lovely listeners. We have a fun treat for you this week. As part of our Season 2 Demons Collection, this week's story is called Eyes in the Snow. But first, I want to make sure you guys know where to find us. On Twitter, you can follow us at SITD Podcast. And if you're enjoying our little podcast, you can support us on Patreon. We've started posting original content on Patreon that can only be found there as a reward for supporting our work. As you've probably noticed, we have switched to podcasting an episode every other week. We would love to hear from you on Twitter or on Facebook and find out if you're enjoying the new season and the new schedule. So let us know. The snow falls darkly in the silence that surrounds my house, here in the forests that grow far from the village of my birth. The house is cold stone, fleetingly warmed by the fire and the stove, but it is enough, if barely. I have survived tens of winters here alone. The first winter was the hardest. The silence of the snow-blanketed forest, enough to drive you mad. But I learned to ignore the creeping things that are merely visions brought by the snow. And I found a comfort in the solitude, in the quiet, the absence of others allowing me to hear my own mind. In the other seasons, the animals have their own song, the song of mating and the hunt, the kill, the chirping of babies and the crying of death. In the winter, they are gone or sleeping or hunting in the silence or like me, hunkered down with the food they've set away. The seasons of the mind are like this too, the seeking outward, the playing in the sun, the harvest, and then the quiet. These are the things I think as I write on paper I've made myself taught by a mother I don't remember, judged by a husband who no longer lives. There is no one to judge me out here. The time of judgment has passed into the wind with the ashes of my dead husband and my old life. No more village for me. Exile, their choice, and mine. 
I hear a snuffling at my back door, but I ignore it, as I've learned to ignore the phantom sounds that plague me. I have heard of a man who lost a limb, but still felt its pain. So it is with solitude that may as well be eternal. I hear voices that aren't there, animals long dead, creatures that don't exist, at least not in the winter. I know not to open my door in winter. My mother must have taught me that too. The villagers do not speak of the things that walk in winter white, but that doesn't matter. Speak or don't speak, some things are real no matter what you do. My wrist hurts, an old injury, a break that is healed but is not ever again like it was. Broken things may be mended but are never whole, never whole again. Exile was a small price to pay. I stir my porridge and look out my window at the snow that covers my garden and try to ignore the scratching at the door. It has grown more insistent, and maybe it is not a phantom. I rub the jade stone in my pocket and mutter to myself. I hear a whimpering, and that decides it. I have never been able to shut out a noise like that, whether it came from a small animal, a young village girl, or my own throat. I do not like to hear the sounds of fear and pain. When I kill, I do it quickly. One of the joys of living completely alone is that I can break my own rules, and the only risk is to myself. I can no longer bring shame upon the village, or risk the lives of everyone there, or ruin my family. Those things are gone, and only I am left. I set my porridge aside and unbolt the back door. When I open it, I see her there, a small winter fox, white as the snow, and with ears much too large for her head. She looks at me with her large black eyes and mews like a kitten. When I pick her up, she is all bones and one of her legs flops wrongly. She is younger than she should be, a late birth, not large enough to survive her first winter alone, and she will certainly not survive with a broken leg. I bring her inside and make her a bed of an old blanket by the stove. She is shaking with fear or cold or both, so I leave her there to warm up and I heat broth and meat. She eats cautiously at first, eyes on me, and then quickly, taking in all the food before it can disappear. Clearly, she has learned the lesson that she must take what she can get while it's there. It is a hard lesson to learn. 
The food is gone, and then she cleans herself. Ever the predator. Cleaning off the scent of food by habit, so future prey won't smell her. She is careful of the laying. Her front right leg. And I tell her I must wrap it to help it heal. She looks at me while I speak, and then turns away from me. After much arguing, I manage to wrap her leg in clean cloth and stiffen it with a mixture made of egg and water and special dust, a recipe taught by my grandmother. The fox sniffs at it, and I tell her not to chew it off. She sighs and lays her head down, and finally she sleeps. I check my food stores. I have more than enough for me. But another mouth, one that needs fresh meat, will be a problem. I make tea and then I go to sleep too, thinking about meat and winter. When I wake, it is still dark and something is pressing on my chest. It is the fox. She is standing on me, and her face is close to mine, almost touching. I can feel her breath on my face. I can smell the wild on her. And if she sniffs my skin, her whiskers brush against me. Her eyes burn black in the night, darker than the darkness. She is cold, I think. The fire has gone out. I shift to the side of my small bed and she curls up next to me, and we are both warmer for it. Her leg heals quickly. Within a week, she is walking on it. I leave the cast on, knowing how easy it is to re-break such a small bone, remembering my own. While she heals, I set traps around the house. I do not want to go far, so I do not set as many, nor in the places I would in warmer weather. It is easy to lose your way in the snow. It is easy to lose yourself in the forest. After all, my house is small, and the world out there is so large. I manage to trap some voles and birds, and I give her all the fresh meat. She is still hungry. She is always hungry. In the day, she sleeps in her bed by the stove. At night, I hear her prowling the house, sniffing corners, yipping at doors, and then every night, standing on my chest before curling up next to me. She is getting heavier. Some nights I can barely breathe when she stands on me, and her paws leave marks on my chest and stomach. There are new noises outside the house. I first hear them on the night of the seventh day that she has been with me, snuffling as if a great pig is outside rooting in the snow, a low growling, and then yips. 
She looks at the door and I shake my head. We don't look when we hear them, I tell her. I worry that my traps, my prints in the snow, the small deaths of the small animals, has drawn larger predators. When I go out the next day, I bring the old gun that probably doesn't work and the hatchet I use for firewood. The snow, however, is undisturbed. There are no prints other than mine. The small hairs on my arm crawl, and I retrieve the small animals from the traps and go back inside where it's warm. The fox sniffs at me, as if I've walked through something peculiar, and she paws at the door like she wants out. But I cannot let her out on her own again until the cast is off. She does not like this. When she wakes me that night, she bites my nose, gently enough not to break skin, but firmly enough to let me know her power. It is not safe, I tell her. You need to finish healing. My sleep that night is filled with howling. I do not leave the house the next day. I make eggs and fried pig for breakfast and share it with the fox. And while I'm washing up, I see eyes burning in the snow between the trees that ring my house. Just past the small clearing of plain snow that covers my garden. There are red eyes and black watching the house. She is resting in her bed after breakfast, but her eyes are watchful. She is looking through the wall and she is making a low growling sound. I know our time together must end but she is my only companion, the first I've had in so many lonely years. I imagine her staying with me, us together in the house, her eventually hunting outside and returning home, having kits from another fox in the forest, but raising them here with me. I do not know if she wants that life, that night, the fourteenth night since she came, there is a great bashing against the doors of my house, the sound of something large trying to get in. The doors are hard wood reinforced with metal bars, and I do not think they will be able to break in. We do not sleep that night. When we get up in the morning, she chews off her cast, eyes on me. She is ready to leave. There are still no marks in the snow, but I heard what I heard. These noises are not phantoms. They are real, and I do not want to meet the creatures I heard outside my door in the night. I'm sorry you aren't safe here. I tell her, 
and there are tears on my face. I do not remember tears. I wipe them away and feed us both breakfast. She eats lightly and watches the door. When I open it, she is gone, bounding across the snow, white on white. She does not look back. The sun rises and crosses the sky, and then it begins its descent. Night comes. I find my heart pounding, waiting to hear the beasts that come at night. But they do not come. Nothing disturbs my door that night, and in the morning I find a gift, a large, fat rabbit neck broken. I make rabbit stew. It is like this for another two weeks. Silence in the snow, and in the morning, something fresh for me. And then, twenty-eight days after I met the fox, I hear a great fight in the woods, yipping and growling and the howling that wants to stop my heart. I do not think. I do not need to. I pull on my heavy coat, my fur and leather boots, my homemade mittens, and I grab my gun and go across the snow and into the forest to save my fox. The sun is setting, and the mix of light and dark the snow and the shadow make it harder to see than full darkness. I cannot tell what I am looking at. I see her black eyes burning, and then I see more. I come closer. There is a shape like a woman pulling herself along in the snow. She is laying in the snow and she hisses at me when I come close. There is something wrong with this woman, with her white hair and white skin and burning black eyes. I want to get close to her, but then the fox is there, behind me, growling. She pulls on my coat. I want to see her, I say and I draw closer to the woman in the snow. The fox yips hysterically, darting ahead of me and back again, her eyes wild. I get close, and then closer, and the woman reaches for me with her long white arms. She is the first human I have seen in so long so long, and I don't remember what we look like. Her arms wrap around me and draw me in, and then her mouth is on my throat. She is nuzzling me, her cold breath holding me, and she licks me once before her teeth find my skin. Go, I whisper to the fox. Live. She eats me then, the strange demon in the snow, my throat, 
my blood. She drinks me and eats my flesh, and the fox cries out and flees, running towards my house. I am laying in the snow. It is stained red around me, and the fox turns into a woman then, a woman with a limp from a mostly healed leg. And she runs into my house and bars the door. And I lose myself in the snow. There is nothing left of me. Just my eyes burning black. Watching the woods. Watching the house. The watcher of the winter woods.